I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Constellation podcast. How are you doing today, Ted? I am hanging in there. How are you? Good, good. Uh, So we're just going to get right into it today. Um, Yeah, let's jump in. Yeah, so uh, Media Club's going to be short uh, because we don't really have much to talk about, but we have things we plan to talk about, and you can follow along if you want. Um, yeah. I am uh, mostly through rewatching Inception, which is maybe not terribly interesting to people if they've all seen that movie, but it, it does have, I think, relevance to what we're doing in terms of building rules, rules within a simulated world, because that's basically what a dream is. Um, and I want to kind of pick that movie apart and critique it a little bit. So I'm going to try to do that next episode. And then, uh, Ted, you brought up to me a movie that has been discussed in our old podcast review, the future a little bit, but that we haven't properly (laughs) talked about or watched recently. This isn't exactly a rewatch because I don't think I've ever seen this movie at all. And I think you've seen like part of it or something, but, uh, it, this movie is called Congress, and it came out, I think, in 2014, uh, so it's uh, six years old now, but it's a, a, a science fiction movie that uh, we've discussed in the past, and I realized I've never seen it, um, so I wanted to fill that hole. So I'm going to try to watch it for next week. And I'm going to try to watch that as well, so we can both talk about Congress. So again, if uh, listeners can can watch that too, if they want to uh, follow along with our discussion. And then maybe let's throw this in there, too. Um, you had mentioned to me an older film by the same director right. uh, of Congress that I haven't seen, but I'm, I may be watching soon because it sounded interesting. Do you want to explain that? Yeah, there's this Israeli movie, uh, and it is uh, directed by two people, but one of them is the same guy who directed Congress. Um, and it, it, the English title is St. Clara, uh, and it's a sort of high school set science fiction movie that I remember really enjoying when I was in high school and I saw it in the nineties in a movie theater. Uh, and it, it, it's about, a some punk kids in Israel. And, uh, one of them is this girl who sees the future. Uh, it has, uh, some sort of fun environmental degradation sort of stuff. Like these kids hang out in this like destroyed swamp where they have to wear these like gigantic, rain boots to get around and the girl's uncle was in some sort of Chernobyl type disaster and has all these like uh, effects from it. And that's maybe where her powers come from or something. So uh, uh, all of that's, I remember being really interesting and bizarre. It's kind of a strange movie with a strange tone. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's on Amazon. So uh, if you're, uh, if you're able to watch it, John, I, I recommend it. I think it's a fun movie. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, the, the main item of discussion next episode will definitely be Congress, but then also, uh, Inception and St. Clara, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, think, uh, I will say, I don't know how to me. Uh, relevant to our story St. Clara is, uh, other than maybe the tone of it being sort of, um, you know, broadly realistic, but also broadly science fictional at the same time in a way that I think you'll enjoy. If it's low budget uh, or like this type of like sci-fi that's, you know, not just an action movie, uh, I basically am willing to talk about it on the show. Because yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. It definitely you know, is that's in what that I'm interested like, in. sort of character movie, but inside a sci-fi world uh, sort of genre that I know you and I both like. Um, so, yeah. And I'm curious to see, since the movies were made 20 years apart, uh, 
like sort of the stylistic differences and similarities between that and Congress. Um, if you know, I don't, I don't know how related they'll be to each other, but I'm kind of curious if they are. Um, all right. Well, Sash. that's that's Department of Media for this week. Yeah. I mean, we'll just we're going to watch that stuff. And if you guys want to um, go ahead and do it, tell us what you think. Department of Old Business uh, next. Uh, so yes. we have we had an offline discussion about a natural science question that we came up with an answer for, uh, which has to do with childbirth. Right. So we're saying that um, initially there is birth control. Right. That is set to on. By right. Default. That's a default setting uh, is that uh, natural birth will not happen. But like we talked about, um, we are suggesting that you can turn that off and then uh, birth would happen. And we were just, I think we said before, just basically that it would happen the way it happens in the real world. So you would experience a pregnancy and all of that. But there was some, there was some question about that and uh, what's really happening. Yeah, because I felt like the, you know, we have this sort of kind of dualism in the constellation, right? Where you've got a mind file, number one, that's where your where your where your brain is stored, and that's the important part, obviously. But then you've also got this very malleable, changeable avatar that can right. be different things at different times and in different worlds. So with childbirth, which is, you know, very physical process, right? Both the the con- conception and birth, right? Like mm-hmm. how does that work? Like can can I uh, mate as a giraffe and then give birth as a giraffe? Uh, yes. Right? Um, and the answer is yes. Oh, the yes, answer, I can. mean, yes, that's the question, but also the answer is yes. Yes, you can mate as a giraffe. And, uh, so, I mean, this is what we decided, right? It's like, we, it, I think that it makes sense that the process itself um, and the, like, triggering conception are are customizable. So... If you tr- if you just flick the switch and you turn on childbirth, it works like uh, it works on Earth. Um, nine months. Like if you have a standard, your standard, because you also have a default avatar that is right. basically you before the transition with you know some regeneration happening. Right, and most people are going to still be humanoid in their avatar, I would think, uh, because they're comfortable with that. So uh, you would have a sort of pregnancy. One of the people would get a large belly. The whole thing, um, but. Under the hood, it's not really doing that, right? Under the hood, we realize that in order to make you a body avatar that looks like your body, one of the many pieces of data that the simulation has to have is your DNA. And so under the hood, if you are choosing to have a kid, it's basically just going to mix your DNA files in a simulated, um, you know, genetic reproduction process and cook you a child mind file, you know, thing, and then just instantiate that with a child avatar body that's also very malleable um, based on that DNA. So that process is actually quite abstract, and therefore there should be lots of ways to customize it. Right, right, because in and so it's now not really even just a, a a dualist world. There's almost like three tracks, right? Because there's there's the mind file data, which is continuing to be run and change as you gain new memories and lose them. Right. Uh, there is the avatar, which is totally changeable, and then there's also this store somewhere of all of your body's initial information, which includes the genetics. And I think it would make sense that um, if you're right. scanning uh, a, all the species on planet Earth that um 
you know, you would attend to certain things, obviously, like death and pain we've talked about, and also the way they reproduce. And so you might spend a little bit of extra energy having like a module that actually can handle reproduction for that species, which is essentially what this would require, right? Right. There's like a sort of a separate program that just runs it, and it runs it the same way no matter what. So like whether we mate as giraffes or mate as people, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. the We're kinds of children... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna produce are gonna just be this process the product of the same process exactly and I think the only thing that would change is potentially the default setting of the avatar for the child right like if we made as giraffes perhaps we have a giraffe child um, but it's still the same genetic child that we would have had if we had made it as humans um, it just comes out that way is that right yeah well, yeah yeah I mean like that's it yeah, seems like it could that, easily inherit those sort of presets. And then, of course, the child right. would be able to change their avatar just the same way everyone else's yeah. can be changed. Now, like giraffes, you know, that's still pretty understandable, right? But you could do, <laughs> sure. you could do weirder <laughs> Who doesn't want to be a giraffe? <laughs> right? Like you could do like, um, you know, I'm a... <laughs> Uh, a giant like uh, sort of like flower like thing and I like fire some like sperm type thing that then sure. like lands like inside of a volcano and then uh, and then maybe there's no nine months it just the volcano instantly erupts and uh, you know this like phoenix child comes out of it right you could just do insane surreal stuff and the birth actually doesn't even have to take nine months this is the next thing we came up with which is right there's the nine months might be the default again if you're in human bodies, but there's there's a uh, you can make it instantaneous if you want to have a child right away. However, every time you have a child, the uh, the minimum time increases on a kind of exponential curve. Right, right. So this is another sort of failsafe put in by the simulation at a giant level to um, eliminate the possibility of somebody just realizing, oh well. If I have kids at the maximum rate, then my offspring can take over the future or whatever. And, you know, so to, to prevent runaway uh, uh, procreation, what happens is that with each kid, you get a little bit longer sort of like penalty period that you have to wait before the next kid can be spawned. And um, we are thinking that this is like an exponential curve. So the first few, you know, can come out fairly rapidly and then by the time you're up to 10 kids or something, you're waiting years. And by the time you're up to a thousand kids, you're waiting millennia or whatever. Um, so yeah, we that, don't know exactly how steep it is. I think it'd be pretty steep though. Pretty um, steep. Yeah. So that, you know, it cuts you off uh, in a, with a manageable number of kids. And by manageable, I mean to our human brains, like, you know, able to understand so people could have maybe a 10 or 20 person family, but they can't have 100 or 1,000 person families, not realistically, because it just takes so long to uh, to birth those people. Yeah, and I think even even a 10 or 20 person family would require some time investment. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, now, I mean, you have a lot of time in the constellation, so I think people would do it, But um, but yeah. Well, you have a lot of time in the future of the constellation, but since our story is set somewhere in that less than 100 years point, you know, 
no one's had more than 100 years to try to make giant families That's right. yet. So, so we'll have to actually maybe pin down the curve a little. We don't think we need to do that today, but like get those numbers sort of straightened out. Like how many kids would like the biggest families have by right, the time right. our story starts? If somebody like dedicated themselves to procreation, and I think actually a lot of people would, uh, how many kids would they have by this time is like a sort of good question that we need to figure out at some point. Um, but yeah, I like this because it keeps us from having runaway um, child growth, but it does allow people to you know, do something that's really important to them to have kids and to raise them. And, uh, and it preserves this aesthetic flexibility, right? (laughs) It does. Yeah. I guess the only thing I'm thinking about as we're talking about it now is, um, can this be hacked to create clones? Right. Cause we wanted to, I mean, we definitely are saying you can't copy yourself, uh, with all your memories and stuff that definitely is not allowed. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. This doesn't this doesn't affect that, but since the uh, under the hood process of of uh, replication is customizable, um, of course the default would be two parents. Well, the over the 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 the, the, the under the hood is not customizable. The uh, surface appearance is customizable, right? The under the hood is specifically not customizable, right? I, I see. So is that just set to it has to be exactly two parents? So it's not possible to do like a three parent child, and it's not possible to do like a one parent child. Well, that's a choice we could make. I think whatever it is, it's going to be sort of fixed, but maybe it's fixed in a way that it just takes some number of parents as inputs, and then right, and then produces an output. But uh, right, um, right, right. So I, I can see, could, or could maybe it be it's, hacked. Yeah. Maybe it's like a little bit of a challenge, but could it be hacked to uh, do a chimeric three-parent child? Um, and if so, you know, then does that become you know, a standard thing that people do, or I don't know. I'm just sort of curious about, or, or can people make clones of themselves by basically signing themselves up to be both parents, you know? And so it's a mixture of their DNA, but it's still all theirs. So it's all going to come out to be them. Right. Uh, yeah, it could allow any number a variable number of parents. Um, I think that's a possibility or it could be basing it the way it works just on the way it has always worked for the species of humans. Um, and so it's just sort of remaining true to that and can't be, since that's how it used to work, it can't really deviate. So I could, I could see, it depends on the values of the simulators and I could see it going either way. I think, right. let's put it, maybe put a pin in that question. It's kind of an interesting question because it does seem to, that's exactly why it's interesting is because it, does either answer requires like a sort of a value choice i think on the simulators part a little yeah bit. so that's worth thinking about i don't i'm not sure what i think the right answer should be there um okay so that was our that was our main natural science thing right uh is there anything more oh, yeah. to cover there we have one more quick bit of old business which is that we talked a lot about the um about clubs last episode right um, and we just sort of, and we don't have all the details, so this is, this is a quick update, but we just sort of like pin down that the actual club that our, that our main character is going to be trying to get into, um, we like what's special about it. And we sort of decided that this is a club or just what its that, mission is, right? Like, yeah. What is its mission? What yeah. is it all about? Um, and we decided it's all about novelty, right? Like right. taken to the extreme. Right. Like imagine a club devoted to novel experiences like that is the most important 
currency and thing for this club. That's sort of what we imagine uh, the club is that he's trying to get into. Um, so they claim that, like, you know, if you're a member of this club, uh, you have access to incredibly novel experiences uh, that no one else does, um, or you're just around people with excellent taste in world design um, that uh, like to appreciate uh, fine world creation, right, in all its many forms. Um, What's well, that? And it's also that everybody who's in this club, the the thing that distinguishes them from the unwashed people outside the club is their uh, possession of one or more great tips for novelty uh, novelty-based experiences. So, and that they share those with other club exactly. members. Exactly. So that's like the that is what the club exists to promote and share are the tips for these particular types of things that are not valued because they're pleasurable or because they're uh, popular or because they are um, good for some other reason. Um, they are valued because they are novel. So the kinds of things that you get access to by joining this club and meeting the people inside this club are things that are, you know, at the various extremes of experience um, so that they are things that you haven't just stumbled on before. Right. And that's what people in the club are always changing. And since that's a moving target, I mean, there'd be sort of like internal evolution in the club in terms of what's, what's in fashion and, and what isn't. Um, but if right, you're outside right, right. the club, you're, you're sort of left behind on that process. Right. Um, well, things are only novel once. So as once people have done them, then those things are used up and uh, that makes the shub, uh, the club a bit of a shark too, right? It's like, the club has to keep moving because it has to keep getting new tips because everything that it had is losing value every second, basically, uh, as people experience it and then get bored. So it wants to always keep growing and keep finding new stuff. And, yeah, which I think um, is in contrast to like so many of the other you know clubs or religions or ideologies are going to be much more static, right? Uh, in the constellation, they're going to be like you know we're dedicated to living one way for all of time or something. Right. So it makes is... it more of a messianic versus a uh, hereditary sort of thing, right? It's like it's not just like a club that is like high status that you can't get in and that's it, uh, and doesn't offer anything uh, other than you know membership. It's it's this it's this moving target. It's this. You know, you sign up for this, and for the rest of your life, you get access to whatever's new. But you're uh, expected maybe to contribute, right? At right. least on, at least to get in initially. At least to get in, and then perhaps to maintain your standing as well. Um, you may have to contribute, uh, but contributing could look any number of ways. It could be designing new things, or it could be finding new things that other people have designed, or it could be. Um, you know, somehow encouraging other people to design new things or whatever. So uh, maybe once you get in the club, you are expected to contribute, but it's, you know, maybe there's some way to, that that's made easier or something. Right. And I also uh, like this, the, the sort of like fact that they might be, other than appreciating novelty, they're somewhat uh, value neutral on things, right? They're sort of so, morally, uh, morally like sort of... Uh, uh, not not engaged they they just they're they value novelty above other things yeah yeah i mean like you know other than other than novelty is good and maybe other club members are good those might be the only two like real sort of rules they follow 
So they would be willing to do terrible things to other people outside the club if if those terrible things were novel, right? Which I think obviously interacts with our story. Right, or um, got them something else novel. Right. Yeah, because right. yeah. our main character is being asked, which we're about to get to in a second, is being asked as the third trial to get into this club to kill someone. Right. And so it sort of makes sense. Why would this club ask for that as part of the hazing ritual? Well, if it was done in a novel way, and or, or in fact, killing people is generally novel in the constellation because it's hard to do and probably doesn't happen very often. Right. Um, so they would be interested in it from a novelty perspective, even though obviously, you know, killing is terrible, especially in a in a place where everyone is immortal. So yeah, the uh, moral weight of murder is even higher here because you're robbing someone of like an infinite life. <laughs> Yeah. So the number of life years you're taking from them is so much greater than, you know, murdering a mortal. Uh, yeah. So, right. Exactly. So they are, they're, uh, morally, uh, uh, what, how do you call that? They're amoral. Basically. They just don't, they don't really have a moral compass. They just have this one value of novelty and everything else is a little bit, you know, underneath that. That's right. Um, and, and then I think, you know, we basically are now well set up for our main question today for our Department of Plot. Let's get into the plot. Uh, which is, we're just asking the question essentially, okay, we've created this constellation. How do you commit a murder in the constellation? Because this is the, this is the question that our main character will be faced with in our last act. Yeah. Uh, well, know, this is, yeah, this is the central question in a way of this world. So we've built up this world where everybody has all this autonomy and control and where everything is voluntary and agreed to. So how do you actually successfully murder somebody in this world? Now, on a technical level, how you murder them, I think we have gone over, right? It's like you you have this mercy setting and you have this regeneration setting uh, per world. So if the regeneration setting is, is set not to regenerate, then your sensory apparatus can be destroyed by harming your avatar and if you destroy it to an extent that you can no longer communicate at all with your exec then your mercy setting comes into place uh comes into play rather and if your mercy setting is set in the default way that will just eject you back to your home world um but it's possible to set it to delete you instead correct that's correct and i think um you know, yeah, and or it could be set to none, which would put you into sort of a limbo space, which is not quite killing someone. But I suppose if they never got rescued from limbo space, it would be like killing them. Well, um, so that would be a situation where your your sensory inputs are destroyed, or you're you're not able to communicate, um, but you still have some sort of consciousness. Yeah. Uh, you don't necessarily feel pain in that scenario. It depends on the world but you wouldn't be able to move or leave or right. uh, unless something changed about the world. So that regeneration went back on uh, outside yeah, so that of would your be control, reversible. you wouldn't be able to reverse it. Yeah. So that's maybe not the main case. Yeah. The main case is more like the first thing you said, right? So regeneration off mercy setting delete, and then, you know, point a gun at someone's avatar, shoot them in the head and uh, they don't regenerate. And because they can't communicate with their exec anymore, their mind file is deleted. They're, gone from the constellation cannot be gotten back so right. that would be like a that would be like one way a murder could happen that's one way uh, a murder could happen now why would somebody set their mercy setting not to eject uh but rather to delete 
I think the only reason you would do that is if you were in a world where pain was um, possible, right? Like the the only reason I could think of to do that would be to avoid uh, a a situation of uh, endless pain. Uh. Maybe. Well, okay. So I have a whole list of things, right? Okay. Like, uh, like maybe we can go through this. Right, uh, and I think, I think I can place the one that you're saying somewhere on this list. Um, right. Cause I, I basically tried to write down like all the ways you could theoretically kill someone, right. Given this limitation. Okay. Um, so let me get out of the way. Some of the, some of the simpler ones, but they might be interesting in our story or, or, and our main character may try them. Right. Okay. One is just find a suicide case. Right. Okay. So if you want to die, sure. Then that's easy. Yeah, if you find someone who wants to die, then they'll right. voluntarily set the settings how you want, and then you can kill them in the way that they want to be killed, right? Right. I mean, it's a reasonable and this is thing to try. Who's, for whatever reason, cannot do it themselves, right? Because you absolutely can just tell your exec to delete your mind file, and that will work. Right, but maybe they, maybe they, maybe they can't bring themselves to do it, or they right. want to be. You know, I mean, there's any number of ways, or maybe they're thinking about killing themselves uh, or, or they're suicidal and you just like sort of tip them over the edge, right? Um, but whatever it is, right, You there's so many people in the right. constellation. You might or just they're masochistic find, and they want to, you know, yeah, yeah experience that. You might okay. just find a willing participant. Sure. Um, a thing, uh, the next thing that's sort of adjacent to that, but not quite, uh, is people that are, that are thrill seekers so they're not necessarily suicidal. Right. They want they to only... risk suicide or they want to risk death because the risk is what's interesting. So that's that's right. right. So maybe yeah. they right. go hang out in worlds where this these settings are in place because that's the only way they can get the adrenaline rush that makes them feel right. alive and excited in this strange constellation universe. So I, a risk, a risk-driven individual, create ac- extreme world, right? Which the mm-hmm. whole idea of extreme world is... Mercy's set to delete, pain set to high, regeneration set to off or slow, and you go here on purpose to climb rocks and jump off of buildings and do parkour and shit like that and take risks because you know that they could hurt you and that's what the fun is, right? And if you get really badly hurt doing this, then you could die. Sure, and I could imagine, um, you know, various tweaks to that, like pain might be still be kind of low here if uh, people have, depending on what their value is, right? Like, is, is it the pain that makes something exciting, or is it the possibility of death that makes something exciting for someone? I think it just depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, this is, this seems like a crazy extreme personality, but again, there's so many people in the Constellation uh, you know, veterans of of uh, of of war, right? Who maybe like were attracted to war for this reason, or were like you know broken a little bit by that experience. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's like any number of people that might have this sort of self destructive or not necessarily destructive, but self risking personality type. Um, right now, there would also be worlds where you would set up a you know a thrill world that's less risky. Right. Yes. Where like um, maybe pain is high, but regeneration is super fast and uh, mercy is set to eject. And therefore, you know, you can uh, you can fall off of your tightrope and you can experience a ton of pain in an instant. But then you'll quickly uh, be slotted back to your, you know, 
back to your home and you'll not die. And perhaps for most people, that's enough of a thrill. But uh, for some people or for people who are bored of doing that, right? I mean, you would eventually maybe seek a greater risk. That's right. Yeah, because you could tailor the consequences to even be something like when you die in this world, uh, you just kind of get a timeout for a while, right? Like you could you could design something with consequences sure. that make something it may be exciting to climb a a rock wall that don't literally lead to mind file deletion. So right, you experience and, either a serious uh, a period of pain or a period of stasis before you're plopped out into your homeworld. So I, I assume those would be far more common. Um, but yeah, maybe there's someone out there who's even tried those, uh, you know, less risky versions oh, and yeah. is just like chasing the high still. And you can persuade that person or find that person uh, and show up in their rock climbing world and then and then push them over the edge. Right. Oh, so yeah. No, I definitely think there would be a progression of like, you know, more and more dangerous worlds and people would go as far as their sort of like risk tolerance allowed them to. And then some of those people would absolutely grow bored and like, you know, push it too far for sure. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So that's the second one. Um, uh, a third one um, is to find a newbie. I'm going to call them, right? Cause we have sort of a software analogy here. Mm-hmm. Uh Find someone who's, you know, I mean, everyone's been in the constellation the same, well, not necessarily the same amount of time because we've got kids, but, you know, talking about zero generation people, right? Right. Um, You know, if it's whatever it's been, 75 years, 80 years, 100 years, Mm -hmm. um, you know, everyone's had the same amount of time to figure out the constellation. But remember, everyone starts alone in a home world. And if they don't leave or seek out information or sort of become part of the, the the discussion network across worlds, you know, or the rumor mill, they just may not learn everything there is to know about how, how contracts and things work, right? Sure. So if you could find a, a newbie who maybe never left their home world and just sort of hung out there in the Garden of Eden for a while and didn't ask the exact, the right questions, um, you could exploit that um, to maybe very easily get them to enter a world or sign a contract. Because... This is the thing, right? I are we've set up our exec to be mostly pretty neutral. Um, now we could make exceptions where it will flag things that are very important, like your mercy setting. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's neutral it doesn't need enough to like flag it. I mean, the thing is that you have to affirmatively set that, right? So, um, well, when you enter a world, right? There's an entrance contract that right. is that you see and can peruse uh, before entering. And the default entrance contracts are all, you know, have nice settings, right? Or just like um, extremely simple settings, right? That simple, are... but also like, you know, they're not they, they're not settings that can result in this kind of death, right? Right, right. Um, so I think that most people would have, you know, who have been around the constellation and learned a thing or two, I think there'd be some common knowledge. And actually, maybe this is like a moment to take a tangent into that, right? Because I think there'd be a couple different types of standard contracts that smart thinking people in the constellation would look for before they enter any world, right? Doing your due diligence, right? Right. So like like type one, which might be, I think is probably uh, the default setting, is that, okay, ejection ability is on, right? I can I can tell my exec to eject from this world anytime I want, right? Um 
And then also the mercy setting. In addition, if I lose contact with my exec, that's also set to eject, right? So basically, I can eject whenever I feel like it. And then the moment that I'm not able to tell my exec to eject, I get auto-ejected. Right. Any world with those settings, you're basically good to go. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, you can experience pretty much anything in a world like that safely. So like that would be like a very standard, there might even be like a shorter phrase for what that is, right? Like an easy eject world or like whatever it is, right? But that's, that's just a something that you would look for. You see that in the entrance contract and you're like, all right, this is good, <laughs> right? The standard eject clause or whatever, right? Yeah, even if even if gorillas show up and, and tear me apart limb from limb, uh, you know, I'm going to auto eject or I, or I can, with my like first scream as the gorilla like tears into me, I can shout to my exec to eject and, and either way I'm going to be okay. Exactly. Um, now, uh, type two, uh, that uh, another possibility, right? is, again, you've got voluntary ejection set to on, so you can always tell your exec to leave whenever you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And the mercy setting is maybe not set to eject. It's set to none or something, but you have instant regeneration. So basically your your avatar cannot be harmed, right? So it's just sort of putting the bottleneck. If you have instant regeneration, then mercy never gets called on. It doesn't matter what it's set to. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then sort of the, the more, the third and most obscure one I thought of is like, if your ejection ability is limited in this world somehow, like we've talked several times about, maybe there's a world where right, there's like a portal. Right, right. Yeah. Right. You got to find a portal to leave. You can't just leave whenever you want. Right. right? So that, and you could see. I mean, maybe they want to do that because they don't want people popping in and out, right? And checking their messages on their home world the same way you don't want cell phones at the dinner table, right? Right. Or or maybe it just, it, you know, it breaks the immersion, right? If people pop in and out. So like you have this sort of portal system. Yeah. Well, so that's scary for people, right? Because you're like, well, what if I can't get to the, the portal in time? So then th- this is where it gets more complicated. If you're willing to go into a world like that, um... You'd probably want pain to be off or non-existent for or, sure. Uh, yeah, um, and you'd want to uh, to have some guarantee that you could a- always access an exit, right? You couldn't like have your avatar crippled, so now you can't reach an exit, right? Um, which is like a much harder thing to guarantee to people. So I'm not sure exactly how. Right. You well, so depending on how fast regeneration is, that is part of it, right? Because if your legs are chopped off and then you just have to sit there uh, for a day and then your legs grow back, then you can walk to the exit, right? Um, but if regeneration is slow or off, then you could get stuck. And this is where one of the nightmare scenarios comes from, right? It's like if you're on a portal world and the regeneration is slow and uh, pain is high, mm-hmm. then you could get, you know, tortured in the traditional sense for a long, possibly, in, a, uh, in, in you know, n- unending amount of time. Um, so you would definitely be wary of that. If you, if, if you were talking about what cultural knowledge has built up and what people tell each other to be afraid of, you know, people would be very wary of entering a world with that combination of um, permissions, right? Uh, I agree, and 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 a, a, a but a weird uh, and a weird another uh, another take on that too is you could have it where uh, regeneration it's it's a lot like real world physics in the sense that there's no regeneration, right? 
but the mercy is set to eject, right? So then it's kind of like, right. it's like full risk world, uh, but like the only way out is death, right? So uh, so if I can't get to a portal, um, if they torture me, eventually I'll die, right? Or eventually I'll die of old age even, or I could like shoot right. myself on purpose. And, right. and all of those things don't lead to mind file deletion. They actually get me out of the world finally. Right. You could just, right? yeah, you could refuse to eat or, you know, there's any number of ways you could force your avatar to die if... Well, I guess so that if, might, if the hunger setting is set on. I mean, that uh, might console people somewhat, like, right, if if they knew, um, especially if also pain was low, right? Like, pain is low, regeneration is actually off, and the mercy is eject. So, like, even if I get caught and tortured, I don't feel that much pain, and eventually... No, that's I'll a very to... standard video game world, right? That world, yeah. that's like going to Westworld in the conception where it works, where the robots don't go <laughs> crazy or whatever, right? Or, like, playing a video game. It's like... You're going to go someplace, you're going to be in immediate danger, you're going to be able to, you know, uh, uh, interact with people in that way, um, but uh, if you die, you wake up and nothing happened, and, you know, you can jump in and do it again. Okay, yeah, so let's let's call that video game rules. So let's, yeah, like, so, to sort of go back over these, right, type okay. one was sort of sta- the standard thing, right, where you can just, you can eject whenever you want, and uh, if you... If you, uh, your mercy setting is also eject. So right. just, you just can always get out. Right. Uh, then there's the strong avatar version where it's like, nothing can happen to my avatar. My regeneration is instantaneous. So, right. uh, and I can always eject, uh, because I don't lose control of my avatar. Uh, and then there's type three is this sort of like video game world, right? Where sort of, where your only avatar way is out, totally vulnerable, but your mind file is, is solid. Yeah, I mean, the only way, there's two ways out, and it's either a portal or death, right? right. But, like, you're going to be able to find your way to one of those eventually. Right. Um, and yeah, so, so okay, so that was a pretty big tangent, but um, I feel like it's important that, like, there's this cultural knowledge around uh, these three things. Maybe there's other things that I haven't thought of um, that are just, like, standard things. Like, you check, like, if you're smart, well, right? Well, there'll be plenty or, of places where... Uh, I guess it's the same as the first one. Where, yeah, like you can't you can't feel pain or whatever. Or like there's just no dangers. But yeah, these are we're just I guess we're covering the 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 levels of danger worlds, right? It's like, um, yeah, right. So. Well, I'm just saying like these are like the most. I mean, obviously you would also check on other things, right? Like the p- level of pain would be. I but I didn't mention that very often because I'm sort of looking at like what's the most foundational if you were only checking one thing, right? There could be as much pain as as possible, but as and as long as I can eject whenever I want and or when I my mercy setting is eject, that's that would be okay. That's still right? very safe, right? You're still very yeah. much in control of what you're experiencing. You're not going to experience more than momentary pain without being it being on purpose. So, right that that seems like people would be not particularly wary of those worlds. They would only be wary of worlds where either instant infinite pain torture or death were possible and arguably i think you know some people myself included maybe if i was in this world would be more scared of infinite torture than death right i mean even though the infinite torture i guess could end at some point it's just you know it could be so long (laughs) right and that describes to me you know that thrill seeker case where you know there's real death but uh the pain is non-existent Right. right, and I could right. Tol- I could totally see there being a, a demographic for that. Right. Um, 
So bringing this back around to the, the exploiting a newbie, right? Or someone who doesn't know these rules, right? Right, right. It's possible that, again, because the exec is not that helpful with its advice, as we've described, yeah. that uh, someone just who never left their home world just doesn't know to ask these questions. And so it's very easy to talk them into uh, a place where they, they are in danger. Right. They just um, don't think through the consequences of the, of the various settings. Now, I mean, a person who's never left their home world, I mean, that's probably a person that we would be hard to convince to leave anyways, because if they've, if they've stayed in there for 80 years already. Right. Well, it's hard to even meet that person. I guess it could be someone you already knew before, or, um, you know, maybe they leave their home world briefly and you meet them somewhere else, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a big challenge, I think, for our main character so far, like finding a suicide case, a thrill seeker, a newbie, like any of these people, like you might rack your brain, like who are all the people I knew before the transition? Like, what are they up to? Like, who knows who, like, you know what I mean? You'd have to ask around, like trying to find Well, and that's crazy too, because if you're thinking about, yeah, looking for a target and you're looking among the people, you know, I mean, if you wanted to murder somebody, ideally you'd want to murder somebody you didn't know. Right. (laughs) So that, Oh yeah. Uh, feel less bad about it and such, um, uh, create fewer complications in your own life. Um, so, right, it, it seems like it would be exceedingly difficult to murder someone you don't know in this world. Um, you would really have to meet someone and then figure out that they are a good candidate, whether because they're naive or because they are... Um, thrill-seeking or because they are, uh, uh, you know, whatever, however you're going to approach it. I mean, I guess you could, like, crawl the the database in a sense, like, you could say um, to the exec, uh, you know, take me to the homeworld of the person in the house next door when I got scanned and then take me to the next house, the next house down, next house down, next house down. Right. Like, cause you can describe that, um, in, uh, concrete terms, right? Sure. So the search yeah. engine should be able to surface those people's homeworlds. But I mean, that's just such a, such a shot in the dark, right? Like it's like cold calling people. Like maybe, right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, eventually you could, you you could get go a through a phone book or something, cold call people that way, you know, it could just literally find everybody. Um, but right. How would that, that would be such a, if it's a rare type of person that you're going to be able to do this with, I think that would be a pretty poor strategy. I mean, it would just take you so long. Um, I think you'd be better off going to like a risk seeking world and then looking for, you know, the most unsatisfied person there or something and being like, Hey, I know of an even crazier world. And then maybe you get to take that person to a, a, a place with, which risks death. Or, uh, you know, you go to a place where there's psychological help being offered <laughs> and you look for suicidal people or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I th- definitely think that would that would save time. Although as an aside, as I'm thinking about this, like sort of like systematically cold calling people. Yeah. Um, because and, and partly this comes about because we changed the default settings so that uh, 
worlds are listed listed by, by default, default. Yeah, because we need that yeah. it's the only way that mothers can find their babies right right so but that also really opens up everybody to to kind of a kind of spam right like if, if you're a religion you can imagine going through oh, the phone God. book in this way door to door religious uh, <laughs> that's funny it's like the mormons at the door or whatever right and i think a side effect of that would be that it would also there wouldn't be as many uh, newbies or hermits uh, or lost people as you would think maybe because um, if you just sat in your home world that was listed when the transition happened and did nothing, eventually some spam is going to enter. <laughs> eventually, right? Eventually someone's going to show up right. and be like, have you heard the true way? Right. And you're going to be like, what the hell? Like, get out of here. Exec, tell this person to leave. Right. Um, and maybe that's the end of that. But like, you're not going to, you're going to have some experience with a larger outside world, I think, whether you like it or not. Well, or, I really unless... like that idea. I like the idea of someone who has been totally alone in the constellation for X number of years, just randomly getting a spam call. And like, that's their first indication that there's a world out there beyond themselves, basically, because they never asked any of those questions. Yeah, they just like fished in the stream They're and like doing ate the apples stuff. off yeah. the tree in yeah. this Garden of Eden. And, and then, like, like, they realize, oh, I guess that makes sense if I'm here, other people are here too. And then they start talking to the exec and then, you know, the exec's like, oh, well, you know, sure, I can take you to this, you know, metropolitan world or something. And they go there and it's like, you know, farmer in the big city sort of but it's like uh you know they they're experiencing all this stuff all at once that might be a good character for us to have too just to like get some of the exposition out because they what's will, up they'll be a cipher you know they'll be like a stand-in for us yeah when it's a perfect target right for and it's a good murder target. right um so you know the question is again just how do you find these people that's the hard part right but um right. But i think it's interesting um should I keep going through my list here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep okay. talking about it. Um, so that's a newbie who you can deceive. You can also just find kind of a fool who just threw, you know, uh, just doesn't check this these for these standard things in the contract. Like, they should know better. Right. But for some reason, they just don't through negligence. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, maybe they just don't check because... I mean, I don't know. I guess you could lie to them and then they just don't check because they just implicitly trust you, right? And like it takes a second to check, right? Right, uh, right. And you lie to them not about what the permissions are, right? Because I don't know, if, but just about like what that all means or... So I think it works better if it's... So, okay, so we'll, we'll get... If it's a more complicated set- setup, which I'll get to in a second then then yeah you might be able to just sort of like hide it amidst the sort of legal framework of the contract right where it's just not clear what it means um if it's on the level of these very simple settings like mercy equals delete right, right. then it i mean you'd almost have to be like like just you know come on let's go like don't bother checking and like for some reason they don't check or they've been to that world before and they don't know that it's the entrance contract has changed or something maybe sure. that's the case uh-huh. um again it's something that they really should do like looking both ways before crossing the street but if for whatever reason in that moment they just don't that seems the problem with that is it seems very hard to engineer that kind of negligence right yeah um, yeah well it's not that interesting from a story perspective because it's not caused 
in a clear way. Like, I don't know why they're doing, you know, it's like they it's should It's mostly do, the fault of the person who doesn't check, right? And not yeah. the, the talent of the persuader, right? So. Right. If they it, don't check because of some interesting reason, like they're so, you know, enamored of the person that is talking to them or something, then that's maybe interesting. But if it's just like they mysteriously are foolish, that's not ideal for storytelling. Although I, I guess believe it, that it could happen. I guess here, okay, maybe here's a more interesting take on on that plot, right? Uh-huh. Um, I know that you always visit world this particular world, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're just a regular visitor, right? You go mm-hmm. there, like you spend a day there, you know, every five days. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that. So, and somehow I get in contact with the administrator of that world. Let's say it's just this like this fun carnival world or something. And I lean on them or I have some influence with them where I get them to, you know, change the standard entrance contract during a certain window, right? Or, mm-hmm. or like or like change the way like your that person's account is managed, you know, account in the loose sense, like when they enter the lobby and sign the second contract. So like I sort of like I, I sort of change a world that they assume to be one way to be some other way. Mm-hmm. And because they've gone there thousands of times, right, they don't they don't check anymore. Right. Uh, they, they implicitly trust the world administrator, even though like not the knowing that shrink that... wrap agreement comes up and it says, our terms have changed, please review. And they're just like, skip <laughs> basically. Or, I mean, are they even obligated to, to say that maybe, maybe the exec would tell you that. Um, seems like in the lobbies, it's not even the exec, right? It seems like something in the lobby would tell you that it would be like, you know, there is an update. Do you want to read the, well, it's tricky because there's like two ways to do this, right? Like either the entrance contract changes, mm-hmm. which you can read before entering the world the first time. But right. again, if you've been there thousands of times, maybe you just don't. Uh, or there's the secondary contract, like the entrance contract gets you into the lobby. You go to the concierge, ask for your standard account settings to be welcomed in. Right. But that's all handled by like some AI inside the lobby that's designed by the world administrator. So that could all be totally false and deceptive right like that could all be i mean they can't literally your exec can't present to you fake terms but the ai in the lobby could say something that then doesn't match the terms the exec hands you right do you see what i'm saying there could be a mismatch there yeah Um, that's interesting i guess yeah how much do we want to allow the ai to lie to people yeah i feel like there's no reason why it wouldn't be able to like i like like, just like in real life, I could say, this contract does this, and then slide it across the table to you, and the contract does something totally different than what I just said, right? Right, now, right, right. In, in real life, like, there's... Now, can I ask the exec, hey, exec, can you check this contract for me? Or do I have to, like, literally read and sort of, like, loyomance the the writing of it to know? Well, that's why I think, like, people would fall back on these very simple settings right like what is my ejection rights and what is my mercy setting right like very simple things right so that they don't have to lawyer man's right right to use your word uh the contract right you only have to get into that sort of lawyer mancing thing if it's like like in the case of the video game world it's already getting more into that territory right because now in the video game world i don't have free ejection rights i have to find a portal right so now i like uh am much more interested in like some of the details and i gotta dig a little deeper right um, I still think there'd be conventions for handling that situation, but right, right, but but yeah, I mean, I think generally you'd fall back on very the very basic bottleneck settings 
but it's so up people to you are to unlikely check to be fooled by like a faustian contract that's just like complicatedly written instead it's like the person can lie to you and it, but if you bother to look at it at all you'll see that they've lied to you it's not like that easy for them to hide it in layers and layers of legally well well, it's just that that's the that's what I'm talking about in this point in my list. I'm talking about the the situation where it the reason that you are able to kill this person is because they were a fool that didn't read the contract when it was sure. when it they technically could have. They could have, and, it was possible, but they just didn't do it. Okay. Now, the next case is the sort of tricky setting, right? The sort of like lawyer like you just write a contract that's it's not clear to them what the consequences are when they sign it. Um, right. But that still is a case where like everything in the contract executes as written. It's just that there's some complex set of rules that somehow uh, add up to you not having the protection that you maybe thought you did. That's right. And I think this is the most challenging one to think up because again, we do have these very simple settings that you can refer to right Right. okay do i do i have the right to eject and what happens if i lose my ability to contact my exec um so but i think we already imagined that third case right the video game world right which takes away the default ejection um or ability to eject whenever you want and so like i think there's room to maneuver in that version and maybe a couple other common world types where there's enough complexity to the rules that you might be able to write things in a way that surprises people. And the other thing I thought about is it might be harder to like that mercy setting equals delete, I think would be especially difficult because that's just so easy. You just check that. Is that set to on or not? Right. Right? So I think you're probably not going to put that past a smart person um, or even a slightly aware person but you might be able to like use a sort of a uh, very complicated contract to fool somebody into going into a world where they can be trapped, right? Like, uh, like we've got you basically in a cage in this world, and so uh, and now you want a way out. Uh, well, you can kill yourself. That's the only way out, right? Like you can self-delete. Like basically. Uh, you know, that would be another way to kill someone, right? Is to just basically like trap them and coerce them like where that's literally their only option, right? Um, so this is a world where you can still communicate to your exec, but you can't eject because of portals. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think you would and have to say, yeah. Because if you can't communicate with the exec, you can't kill yourself. And if you can't, and if you don't have portals, then if you can communicate with the exec, you can by default leave. Right. Yeah. So you have to have that. And then, um, well, I guess this could be a world where like pain is on. And so now you've got them, uh, in pain, you can cause them great pain, uh, or maybe only mild pain, but constant mild pain is still annoying. Um, and you can, say okay so you're only we're never going to let you physically free your physical avatar is trapped um so you can exist here forever or you can kill yourself but you can't get free 
Yeah, it's like putting someone in, yeah, in, in a dungeon, but saying like, oh, but here's a handgun and that's your way out if you want, <laughs> right? Like, right, so, right. yeah, and, and yeah, you could imagine like, yeah, you're playing the video game world and they just like court some like bad guys like corner you away from a portal, but they refuse to actually kill you. Uh, or maybe they like they, because that would allow you to escape. Right. And they say like, look, we're not going to let you do anything unless you delete yourself. Um, so, you know, that's a little far fetched. Right. And obviously like you could imagine someone in that trapped in that situation would like bargain and wait for who knows how long. <laughs> right. 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 If you're me- if you had the mental fortitude to handle it, you could actually wait them out forever. <laughs> right. I mean, there's no, it's a stalemate in fact. Um, so if you don't succumb to, you know, madness from being locked up or whatever, uh, you could indefinitely just refuse to kill yourself and experience the pain and not die. Right? But you could imagine like a grizzled kind of character that's like, um, that's maybe that's not the right adjective, but like you could imagine a character who like fully grasps that you have them trapped. Right. Right. And it's just like, all right. Yeah, you got me. And just and then just does kill themselves because like they can see the that there is no way out, right? Sure. Um like and and you know, unlike like because they're in your world, you could have it set up in such an automated way that like, you know, it's no skin off your back keeping them there forever, but they're the ones that has to exist in it, right? So it's right. it's sure. a pretty unequal stalemate, right? Like it's yeah. a stalemate where you hold Yeah, more once parts. you have them trapped, you can build machines that will torture them or something like that and just leave those going. Or, you know, and and again, the torture may or may not be a part of it, right? It might just be like you're stuck, right? You can't do anything. Right. Um, it might be a torture of deprivation rather than a torture of pain. That's so, yeah. Like and that might be more. Yeah, you just put them in a white box or something like that. That's that's torture of a kind, but it's not like uh, p- poking them with sticks. Yeah, but I think that might be more. I mean, I, I haven't gamed out how this contract gets written, but that might be more likely because the pain again, anything that causes pain might set up more of a red flag for people. Whereas something right, that just well, this traps just might them. be a world where pain is set to very low, so you can not cause a tremendous amount of pain no matter what you do, but you can still. Uh, deprive someone of sensory input and interaction and that could be painful you know or like distressing um and actually you know what i just remembered this wasn't on my list but now i remembered um another way to delete someone which is what which is not to have uh if they don't have a homeworld setting well right that's similar right like you got to convince them to to so if, or if you delete, or if their homeworld setting is the world they're in, and then you delete that world, exactly. <laughs> then maybe maybe you impersonate the the cult leader or someone who works for the cult, and you say like, you know, we're moving worlds or something. This seems a little far fetched, but like you maybe persuade someone to like, you know, I'm an official representative of the cult, and like we're all moving over here now, right? And maybe if they believe you, then the second they change their setting to the new world, um, you then you then delete that, right? And it's sort of like a confidence scheme that's like playing on their religious beliefs, right? Um, in fact, some, I mean, maybe that particular way I described that isn't uh, exactly how it would happen, but I think impersonating some member of a religion or a cult uh, to get them to do some sign up for dangerous settings would make a lot of sense, I think. Sure. Um 
So, uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of specifics there, but like, I don't know. Do you have any comments on that? Yeah. Well, I can see that that might be a way. I mean, that doesn't seem like the most likely way, but yes, I could see that that would cause some people to die under certain strange circumstances where world leaders either became nihilistic or depressed or vengeful or something, um, or obsessed with some religious idea. Uh, and people who had set their home worlds to be those other people's worlds. But again, I think the the vast majority of people would be setting a private home world because that's the default. And, you know, it's not clear why you'd want anything else really for most people. Now, I agree that like some of the religions and stuff, they would maybe do this because it's, um, it's a Boy, sign... It's a sign of loyalty, a sign of solidarity with your co-religionists, which, I mean, the whole idea of believing in nonsense, I think, to some degree, is is just like an expensive signal that you're part of the group, you know? Um, so I definitely buy that people who are religious would do some things that are not super rational uh, to show their loyalty and devotion, Um but I, I, I feel like it would be uh, the, an unusual enough norm um, that it's probably not going to result in a ton of deaths. Uh, but yes, I could see that being a way that death could happen uh, in, the simula- in the constellation. Yeah, and I think um, maybe an, another adjacent thing to that as far as religion would be if you... Um, like the a religion itself might focus on the idea of like real earth death, right? Uh, you right. know, like, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, people might sort of like reject this idea of immortality and eternal life. Like, I mean, there are people that, I mean, we don't have immortality in our current world, but there are still people who like even object to the notion that we could pursue it. Right. As we've seen or talked sure. about on and the there podcast, are people like, who object to medical technology, right? I mean, religious people, for example, you exactly know, who object to medical technology. So, you know, if there are Christian scientists in the, uh, the constellation, then they may, you know, live in a world where death is possible and, um, and that's just a world they live in because they want the, you know, they want to take that risk because it's part of how they see the world. Uh, but I also think like, you know, religions in the constellation are going to be predicated on the idea that there is definitely some kind of God <laughs> that runs this, this, uh, you know, this simulation and that among the things this God has done is made death optional for us. So, um, you know, does that mean we are in heaven? Does that mean we are, you know, what, what that means is a question that the religions will answer in different ways. But, uh, I think because they have that as an input, you'll see less worship of death in the constellations religions than you see in earth's religions. Um, not, th- not none. And of course they come from one comes from the other. So I definitely buy some, uh, some lineage there, but, but, I think overall it would be less. I think that's true. I mean, when death is not mandatory, like you don't have to explain it with religion, but I think you could see it coming from a different angle 
and not like a God worshiping angle, but more like a God rejecting angle. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the simulators are going to put us in this box and like they want us to live forever in this thing they've created. No, no, thank you. Like, I'm going to do it the old way. And when I die, I die. And then the simulators will no longer have me. Right. Right. Um, right. No, absolutely. And you could say that, you know, that's part of a devotion to um, the way things were, you know, that. And like sort this, of a humanism of like the, yeah. you know, that's connected to the past. Right. 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 And the simulation um, does allow you to recreate all those conditions. So maybe they say, well, the simulators are testing us and they would, you know, they've given us all these uh, sins that we can do. But look, we are also able to configure things to be exactly, you know, as they were in biblical times. So why don't we just do that or whatever, you know? Um, and I, I definitely think there would be whole societies set up based on that idea. Right. Yeah, and it could be sure. that, you know, like the simulators are, are, is, is just the devil, right? The devil right. has, the devil has captured us and has tempted us with infinite life and infinite power, but we must, we must remember our roots, reject that and, uh, and escape the devil by, by living the way that, that God, not the devil created things, right? The old calling, way, the John. retro. You should have been a fire and brimstone, uh, evangelist. Yeah, exactly. The, the retro way. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just turn this into like a, a conceptual podcast where we're just uh, pretending to be um, like <laughs> podcasters in the constellation that are oh, that are preaching. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that'll be like what well, maybe stage two of the constellation podcast inside the constellation in world media. Now it would be funny though if you went to like a world that was okay. Regeneration is is off, and uh, de- uh, mercy is deletion. Um, but, uh, we don't want people killing each other here. So there's like no sharp objects or weapons or anything. Right. Cause we also believe like thou shalt not kill. So right? it's like a really soft bouncy world. I'm imagining like where even the ground is like kind of soft and marshmallowy. I mean, I don't know if they take it that far, but like, <laughs> like maybe they do, but like, uh, or maybe it's just like, or like gravity isn't that strong. So even if you like fall off a tall building, you kind of float. Yeah, yeah, or or, or I, uh, yeah, or I don't know. Maybe like everyone has. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly, but like there's, you could imagine that being interesting for our main character. Like they go to this world, like where you know ostensibly people can die and like die of old age, maybe all the time, mm. right? Because their regeneration is off, mm-hmm. right? And everyone like you know stands by their deathbed and whispers prayers as it's happening. Mm-hmm. But like, but like it's still hard to kill people because like they've made it really hard to kill people in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's not a like it's not a thrill seeking ideology there. It's not like the rock climbing thing. So, you can't like strangle somebody with your hands or something in this world, or you can, but it's just no one does. Yeah, I mean, I, again, it depends like what kind of like precautions they've taken. Yeah, maybe think everything's soft. Maybe you could literally strangle someone with your hands, but like every no, like you know, there's no privacy, right? <laughs> or like everyone's. A, I just imagining mm-hmm. like obstacles that would like make it interesting. You go there, you can commit a murder there, but that certainly doesn't mean it's easy. And there's still like rules of that world that are getting in your way. Yeah, right? that's fun, especially if the main character is going to have some stymied attempts. So he goes to a world like that and tries to murder somebody, but like it goes badly somehow. And either he gets caught or uh, it's too squishy and he just can't get it to murder or 
I don't know. <laughs> well, there's like real danger in trying to get, like go to this world and kill someone, right? Because presumably, yeah, I that mean, person they, would be mad at least. <laughs> they've made it hard to kill someone, so maybe they can't immediately turn around and kill you. But if they have ability to change the settings, um, or like conjure a knife, like maybe like only the administrator can like conjure a knife in this world. So then, like, yeah, bad news if you go there and get caught trying to kill someone. So there's like right, real stakes. Right, there. right. Well, and so one of the things that is like sort of implicit in everything that we're saying um, is that if you want to kill someone, you have to go to a world where killing is possible, but it's pretty hard with the way that we've set these rules up to have that be a place where killing your particular target is possible, but killing you is not possible. Right? So Killing someone is also taking a pretty big risk in most cases. I think only in the versions where you are getting someone to agree to something, like the like a, you're deceiving a newbie, you're fooling someone who doesn't check the settings, or you're using some very like convoluted setting to trap someone. Like those all imply that you're somehow have administrative control over them. But yeah, there's many of these other versions where you have to be another person, normie in the world. <laughs> Uh, and that s- subjects yourself to risk, right? Right. Well, even the one where you're getting them to like sign a contract and not read it. Um, now it's possible that they're going to your world that you are the creator of, uh, when they're signing that contract, but it seems like that makes them particularly naive and that you would have an easier time getting somebody to sign into a world that neither of you is the admin of, um, yeah, you're even, right. In all the, in all those them. cases, you you build credibility with them by like I'm gonna teleport there first, and they see like oh that guy's willing to do it. So right, well, and if you're not there in the world with them, I mean they could die through something else that happens in the world. But if you want to be the one murdering them because that's part of the the task, but you you've could been be given, there. You could be there under different rules than them, is what I'm saying. Right, right, right. So you can have a different contract than them. Um, you could have a VIP contract, or perhaps you know this is one of the worlds where there's sort of many tiers of contracts once you get into the lobby uh, and perhaps you've pre pre uh, negotiated something. Um, but uh, again, to keep it simple, I think more worlds than not will have like a sort of standard contract that everyone is there under. And uh, well, I think that's the standard case, but this is a weird case where you're trying to, to, to kill someone. So I yeah, think well, this, right. is where I this is where you'd most be exploiting if you're variation get, in contracts to your advantage, right? Like this would be the this would be the time that you. Would, oh yeah, look, I, I'm not saying you can't do yeah. that. I, certainly, that's a thing that you could try to do. But if you're trying to get somebody to be naive and to agree to something um, that's sketchy, one of the ways to do that is like to do it yourself, right? One of the ways to convince them that it's not a big deal is like, well, I'm signing the same document you are. We're walking in to the lobby at the same moment, and. Uh, so if that's the case, then you've basically put yourself into the same uh, sketchy situation that they have. It's just the, the advantage is that you know it and they don't. So you can still take advantage of that um, situation. But you, if you blow your opportunity or something like that, then, you know, the jig may be up. Oh, yeah. Um, and actually, you're right. The initial entrance contract does have to be one size fits all, I think. It's only after, I, th- I 
be right because yeah 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 you have to negotiate in the lobby yeah 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 because you can't you, everybody's getting the same contract to enter the lobby with for sure yeah that we just so it's only decide. in once you're in the lobby that like the concierge slips you like the better VIP pass right and right. they don't they don't see it happen or something right well um, and if you had gone there previously and set up a deal with this world perhaps there's you know you're getting the VIP but you don't they don't announce it for you know, either because you asked them to or because that's their policy or whatever. Um, but yeah, it seems like you, it, it, you know, yes, it's possible that you would use that against somebody, but it's also possible that you would basically have to, in order to effectively trick someone, you would basically have to put yourself in the same danger you're putting them in with the only exception being that, y you know, you are an immediate danger to them <laughs> and they are not necessarily an immediate danger to you. <laughs> so, uh, cause they don't have the same desire, yeah. you know, desire that you have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, I think it depends on what your murder plan is, but yeah, there's a many, many of the murder plans involve also putting yourself at risk. Um, right. One, which doesn't though, there's one last item on my list that I oh. forgot to mention. What's that? Which is, um, which is uh, just using leverage over somebody to get them to sign a contract, right? Like, sure, blackmailing uh, it, them. Yeah, blackmail or um, extortion or temptation, uh, more of like a carrot, mm -hmm. uh, right? So, you know, I mean, again, these things are hard to think of too because we it's this post-scarcity universe right. uh, where... Hard know, to but, think of a carrot that would be good enough to get someone to kill themselves. I mean, it could be something like... I'm going to provide something great to your relatives or your loved ones. But even that is, you know, if you're not there to experience it with them, it's a hard sell. <laughs> right. But like, um, um, you know, maybe it's information that you don't want people to know. Right. That's sure. the blackmail thing. Sure, that's I blackmail. mean, yep. cause that's like an emotional social thing that would still be very relevant potentially. Yep. I mean, you might be very ashamed of something maybe irrationally. <laughs> right. Or, or your loved ones might be, you know, apt to uh, shun you if they knew about something, you know, about right. You. Like if, if you had previously killed someone, for example, sure. Uh, that would be like a very shameful, bad thing that would probably get you shunned from everywhere. And so like that would be a blackmail tool that you could then use to get someone to sign a contract where you could then maybe end up killing them. Right. Um, or, uh, you know, maybe it's more of a temptation again, if they're, you know, presumably if there is a money world and some people care a lot about money, you could just, and you know, offer them a huge sum. Mm -hmm. um or again access like club access like our main character is so interested in obviously they're willing to kill to get club access right right um so i think uh you know there are there are carrots and sticks that are that are effective potentially right. i mean in a way the the yeah the murder that the main character is trying to pull off is motivated in this way uh because he's being um He's having the club membership dangled over him. Yeah. You know. Now we had to invent a character that really, really cares about the club membership and a club that's very amoral, right? To make that possible, right? So you need this. Well, like, to make that not just weirdly cruel, right? It's like yeah, yeah. there's a reason why this club is doing it because ostensibly they get something out of um, the murder, which is, you know, this is an incredibly difficult thing to do. It's not happening that often. And so every murder is kind of novel in that sense. Um, so it, it, it meets their criteria for what they're looking for in a way. Well, something, that, oh hmm? yeah, go ahead. No, that's well, it. something, something that might follow from that. If like, if what the 
if what the club wants is to witness, presumably they want to witness this murder. So then that does add an extra wrinkle. Like you need to maybe be able to record it and play it back for them, which recordings are local to the world that you commit the murder on. It just creates potentially, if that was a requirement, which I could imagine being a requirement given their motivation. Oh yeah. I would think something along those lines would be part of it is that you have to have, you know, uh, a locally accessible recording of this, both to prove that you did it and to allow all the club members to come to this world and get a new experience of watching this snuff film. <laughs> right. I mean, which that's... is so messed up, but yeah, you could imagine like, okay, so let's say, <laughs> let's say I go to Christian science world yeah, and I go deep cover. I'm, I'm joining Christian science. Yeah. Uh, and I get my own like cabin on the campus. Sure. And, uh, I slowly befriend people and then eventually I lure someone into my cabin and I strangle them. And then, you know, it's earth rules. So I dispose of the body in standard earth ways. Right. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, uh, you know, maybe somehow like you lie and make it look like that person just like walked through the portal and left one day. Right. Like, and that's why they're no longer here Uh or like, or no one can trace it back to you. It's a big mystery and everyone's up in arms, but, uh, and you make a recording. Because this has been set up without surveillance or any of that sort of stuff, right? Or just assume, like... Right, but maybe, like, you can record your own senses when you're there, right? Sure. So you've made, like, a, you've made it yourself a recording. Um, you can't take it out of that world, right, right. with you. Um, so now, like, you have to, like, maintain good terms with the, with the, on the Christian science world. Right. Then you got to go to, like, tell the club people, hey, like, come come visit my cabin. Right. Right. We're going to have a screening and then like, we're all going to, and then like immediately after the screening, before they catch on to like what's going on, we're all going to leave. Right? right. Which, I mean, that's so weird, but it's also kind of dangerous for the people watching the screening, but yeah. like presumably they would show up there cause it's novel. Right. Right. Well, and they um, are having to make themselves vulnerable to go there. Right. Because everybody can be killed while they're there. Yeah. And they're also, maybe this is a portal world. So they have to, enter town by going to the temple at the center of town yeah a- after the movie's over we got to sprint to the portal everybody. and then <laughs> because of course you would put the portal in the temple right i mean if you're christians why not right and then you would then they right so i you know there's all these like you know john just brought in like a whole bunch of initiates what's going on and then like you know oh yeah that's the cover they come yeah. here you know, so he dressed them up in uh, newbie garb and, and everybody thinks they're initiates, but they think that's weird. And, you know, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that, you know, basically there's suspicion rising and they're trying to figure it out. And it's like, you know, are these people going to uh, get away with watching their murder film or are they going to get caught? <laughs> Somebody walks in and like sees all these people like, standing around the screen watching the their co-religionist get it murdered. <laughs> You know, now that we've like talked through all these different ways, uh, and that's an interesting, weird story. Yeah. But one that I don't think probably fits with our plan. Um, like, but, but our main character is going to have to do some research. So I wonder if it's a possibility to like sort of show a history of murder in the constellation in our. Comic oh, yeah. Book. That's fun. He's maybe going around to different worlds watching the existing murder films that can be found and kind of find, trying to find out how they, all these different murders happened. Or, like, I don't know who would compile or collect this information, but presumably someone might. Sure. 
there's like um, a murder obsessed author or something yeah somewhere. and i think there would be like 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 we talked there about there could even before, be like, like a murder world like theme park where you go and you can sort of relive fake versions of all the murders you know like this person researches the murders and then recreates them in their world as like you know with ejection settings like so that people can experience them for fun or something yeah and then you know sort of like people that are obsessed with true crime and serial killers today true crime world yeah uh which is insanely popular so you see it would be popular in the constellation too yeah um you know and and cautionary tales right it'd be like um you know this is the you know this is what has happened so far in the constellation uh be advised right Right. like like we talked about the legend of jerry right before which is i think he was supposed to be a guy like who got stuck in that awful limbo right and couldn't be couldn't be brought out right? right so um yeah so, there would be some resources to to look into this uh and our our main character certainly might do research right so oh I yeah think, i think that's yeah. i think that's fun and i think research could give us the option just story-wise of like covering a bunch of ground uh, and there might be a lot of stuff like in the first year <laughs> Of the constellation, I mean, there might just be like a lot of bad stuff, right? I mean, oh yeah, when, As people when everybody's a newbie, yeah, um, and like no one quite knows what's going on, but like there are some like sadists let loose in this place, uh, like whatever normal percentage of the population is sadists or psychopaths are now let loose with this these god powers, right? I mean, well, and, and no some one... people have like a sort of hacking sensibility that I think would carry over into this world very well, right? They'd be if you're kind of used to getting permission out of people for other reasons you know you might be really good at sort of the social engineering aspects of of this world yeah 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 no i think so so yeah you could see some like real mayhem in the first few years and then maybe people get pretty wise and there's like some norms that sort of you know populate throughout the constellation of like you know don't reset your home world unless you really trust the person or you know something like that um yeah i really like this idea of like a true crime world (laughs) sure (laughs) because it's just like um i mean it's the thing that again that people understand it's such an insanely popular genre well it's a niche that's been popular for like a long time in whatever medium is the medium of choice right like i mean there's a lot of like true crime podcasts right now and documentaries and and television shows but in the past they were big novel uh and uh um, magazine writing um, uh, uh, targets and comics and radio shows. And yeah, it's just something that people really care about. Uh, so I think it's probably time to wrap up. I mean, oh, I yeah. don't think we've made a judgment call on what, which of these, like what our short list is of like the best ver- things for our main character, but it's like a lot to work from. So well, I think we have the short list of just all how, I mean, we answered the question, how do you commit a murder in the Constellation? There are like, how many ways? Like five ways that we outlined? Or? Oh, it was more than that. How uh, many ways is I've it? I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine that I just went through. But I mean, some of them are similar to each other. So. Okay, so w- you and I might have to talk offline a little bit and maybe we can come up with some categories that uh, hold those so that, because nine feels like a lot to hold in my head. Maybe we can reduce that number down a little bit. But uh yeah we have some ways we have some ways to commit a murder and now we have to figure out what is the way that our character is going to settle on but i think the other ways are going to be the ones that he you know rejects because i do like the idea that he researches this somehow 
Um, yeah, which ones does he research and reject? Which does he? Do we have time for him to try and fail at one? I think and that would be wh- cool. Yeah, yeah. What does he eventually succeed at? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think uh, we'll get to that soon. Maybe even next episode. Uh, but uh, uh, we're not sure about that yet. Um, the only thing I know we're going to do next episode is definitely talk about Congress. So people should uh, watch that. And, oh yeah, watch uh, that. And uh, I think that's it for today, right? And we'll probably talk about Inception too, but maybe you shouldn't watch that. You probably have watched it already. Um, well, I'm yeah. I guess I'm assuming people have seen that movie, but I will be discussing that movie as well, and like sort of my my take on it, having revisited it years later since first seeing it in the theater, and and thinking about rules the way I am now for our own project. Um, I'm, I'm anyways, looking forward to that. I, I I'm looking forward to your take on uh, on the rulesiness of it. Um, yeah. All right, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we'll do that next time. Uh, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, send us emails and tweets if you have thoughts, and we will be back soon. See you next time. This has been Constellation Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.